Well, you know, last week, um, John showed us three facts that are intricately connected. He showed us how God's love for us, our love for God, and our love for others is supposed to be intricately connected. You see, God's love flows to us through Jesus Christ, but then it's supposed to throw, flow through us to other people. You see, God teaches us about his love so that you and I might learn to love like God. And if you learn to love like God, you can make an impact on people you run into day in and day out. God sent his love through Jesus Christ, not only to save you from sin, but also that we might impart the love of God to other people. And that includes those unlovable ones. In your circle of influence. And you know we're never more like God. Than when we love people. Unconditionally. Sacrificially. And personally. And you might remember in 1 John chapter 4 verse 21. The Bible showed us last week. That loving people this way. Is a commandment from God. If you say you love God, you must love your brother also. It's a commandment from God. So if we claim to be Christians, if we claim to be the people of God, we must learn to love like Him. But there is another amazing benefit to experiencing and walking in the love of God. And that benefit is this. Conquering fear. Conquering fear. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. From 1933 to 1945, Franklin Roosevelt was this country's president. And you wouldn't think that a man chosen for two terms as president would have an issue with fear. But he did. What you may not know is that Franklin Roosevelt in 1921 was stricken with polio. And stricken with polio, he was paralyzed from the waist down. And when he got that polio and was paralyzed, he was on the brink of depression, fearful for what the rest of his life might hold. But he overcame his fear by learning to walk with leg braces. But then... Shortly thereafter, after conquering that fear, another fear gripped FDR. It was the fear of being trapped in a burning building and not being able to get out in time. But 11 years later, this same man of fear became the nation's 32nd president. And in his inauguration address, Famously stated these words. We have nothing to fear. But fear itself. And it was that motto. That helped get Americans through the Great Depression. It was that motto. That helped get Americans through the early part of World War II. Now friends in our day. Many people are gripped with fear. It may be fears of natural disasters. 
It may be fears of terrorism, fears of wars, fears of economic recession, maybe even the fear of being alone. But all those fears can make it really easy for a Christian to fall out of faith and fall into fear. But I think perhaps the greatest fear that grips people today is the fear of becoming physically sick. Whether it's heart disease or cancer or chronic pain or migraines or arthritis or diabetes, many people live their lives dominated by fear. Now, most people never get those illnesses, but that fear still remains. It's like they have a fear of what might happen. It's a very nonspecific feeling that something is wrong or that something might go wrong. Instead of waking up rejoicing in the day that the Lord has made, they wake up asking God to protect them from what might happen that day. And I got to tell you, Christians are not exempt from that kind of fear. Christians are not exempt from that what might happen kind of fear. And today in 1 John chapter 4, John teaches us, listen very carefully. John teaches us that God's love is the antidote to fear. God's love is the antidote to God's fear. If you would, around t- page 1084 in the Bibles in front of you, I'm going to be reading from 1 uh, John chapter 4, just three verses in verse 17. John writes, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. In those three short verses, John answers two questions that support his premise there in verse 18 that perfect love casts out fear. And the first question is this. How does God's love perfect us? What in the world does John mean when he says love has been perfected among us? Well, it means that God's love is growing up in you. It means that you're getting a mature grasp of how much God loves you. It means, friend, that you're finally beginning to get it. You're finally beginning to understand the depths of God's love for you. In verse 12, John said, No one has ever seen God at any time. If we love one another, God's love abides in us. And listen, and his love has been perfected in us. His love is growing up in us. 
Now, that perfect love is not talking about being morally perfect. It's not talking about being sinless. No, it's talking about growing confident in the love of God. It's talking about growing secure in the love, the transforming love of God for you. You see, our confidence in God's love really is a sign. It's really a sign that you are growing up. When you have confidence in the love of God, that means that you're maturing. You're growing up in your walk with God. Now you may remember in Matthew chapter 7, atop what was called the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus took three of his disciples on top of that mountain, and when they got there, they heard a loud, audible voice saying this. A loud, audible voice from heaven saying this. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased, hear him. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased, hear him. You see, friend, Jesus was confident in the father's love for him. And the father was well pleased with his son. But the good thing is, is that Jesus knew it. He knew the Lord was well pleased with him. But guess what? We also are God's beloved children. And if we are God's beloved children because of our standing with Jesus Christ, then that means that God is as pleased with us as he was on top of that mountain that day. God is pleased with you. As a child of God. He is pleased with you. As a redeemed born again Christian. As a believer saved by faith. And here's something else. As was exemplified in the wilderness. Jesus feared nothing. When Jesus was here on earth. He wasn't scared of nothing. Why? Because of the bond of love. That he and his father had. And you and I have that same bond of love between us and our Father. And when our walk with God is growing, and when our confidence in the love of God is increasing, you know what does not have a chance? Fear. Mature love, growing love, growing assurance of God's love for us, casts out fear. It's got no place. In the life of a Christian. When you understand friend. The depths of God's love for you. When you understand. When you know that God is always watching over you. When you know that God's purposes. And God's plans can never be thwarted. By the events that happen in your life. Then you know. That you can cast out fear. When you realize. When you trust that not one thing can separate you from the love of God, you can cast out fear. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Roman believers. He said, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor things that have been, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate you from God? Nothing. And if God loves you, then you don't have to fear nothing. Nothing. As we walk in the conscious awareness of God's loving care. As we walk in the awareness of God's loving protection. Fear is driven out. It has no place in the life of a believer. Instead of fearing the future, we're trusting the Father. It's just that simple. And when the world sees us walking in this confidence then they're going to know that there must be something special about this Jesus that we profess. In other words, when God's love is matured in us, people notice. When you're walking in the confidence that God loves you, people notice. And they're going to want some for themselves. Christians who walk in the love of God, they don't fear. They don't fear dictators. They don't fear economic destruction. Christians don't fear disasters or disease. Christians don't even fear death. Why? Because I know that God loves me. And I know that Jesus redeemed me to live for all eternity in heaven. What's there to fear? I'm loved by God. Friend, that. Is how God's love is perfected in us. So how is God's love perfects us is one question. But how does God's love protect us is the second question. Let's read that again at the, at the end of verse 17. Here's how it's perfected in that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is so are we in this world but there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out Fear, because fear involves torment. Now, I mentioned last week that the whole Bible could be adequately summed up with that one word. What was it? If you want to sum up the whole Bible, what's the one word you would use? Love. Amen. Specifically, teacher's pet. Amen. Specifically, God's love for people. Right? That's how you could sum up the whole Bible. There is no Reason why we should fear when we understand God's love for his own. Throughout the Bible, there is evidence of how God's love overcomes fear. For instance, God's love protects us from the fear of discouragement. Anytime that you hear the Bible say, do not be dismayed, what the Bible's trying to tell you is, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. In other words, don't sweat it. Because God's in the picture. He's with you. He's got your back. Don't worry about that. God is the reason that you should not be discouraged. Consider Deuteronomy 31, where Moses told God's people this. The Lord is the one who goes before you. He's the one who will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Therefore, do not fear, nor be dismayed. Don't you be discouraged. 
And then God told Joshua in Joshua 1.9, God said, Joshua, have I not commanded you? Did I not give you the command to go forward in my will? Did I not command you? Be strong. Be of good courage. Do not be, uh, be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God, listen carefully, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We talked about this in our life group this morning. You can't go nowhere without God, Christian. Wherever you are, God is there with you. The Lord gave Moses and Joshua every reason not to be discouraged. Every reason not to be discouraged as they move forward in the will of God. Now, if they went off, off course, they had every reason to fear because they weren't walking with God. But as long as they were walking in God's will, they had no reason to be discouraged. The same goes for us. As long as you're walking with God, you're good. Okay? The minute you veer off course, you got reason to fear. You got reason to be discouraged. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we have one of the prophets of God talking to the king of Judah. And here's what he says. Listen, all you of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Whenever you hear that, your spiritual antenna needs to go up. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. It is God's. The battle doesn't belong to you. Don't carry a burden that you were not intended to carry. You see, this prophet was telling the king. He was telling God's people not to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged at the overwhelming size of the enemy army. You see, when life throws you a curveball, y'all know what I'm talking about? Life ever throwing you a curveball? When life throws you a curveball and you find yourself dismayed, you find yourself getting discouraged, you need to remember that God is with you wherever you go. And more importantly, the battle is not yours. It's His. You are his child. You are his servant. You are his property. You belong to him. The battle is his, not yours. Listen, friend. If God is not in the picture, if he's not in the picture, you can't tell somebody, hey, buddy, don't be discouraged. No, he should be discouraged if God's not in the picture. But if God's there, if God is present, if that person belongs to the, to the Lord, then there's no reason for them to be discouraged. I mean, what more could God do to prove his love for people? What more could he do? Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, y'all. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not get freely give us all things? If God loves you, what are you worried about? If God loves you, why are you discouraged? Listen, God loves you. God's got your back. And you need to be encouraged. 
But God's love also protects us from the fear of danger. I read where a lady once was speaking to the evangelist Dwight Moody. And he said to that, she said to that evangelist, the greatest verse for overcoming fear is Psalm 56.3. Here's how it goes. Whenever I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. That's pretty good, amen? Well, here's what Moody said. Moody said, that's a good one. But Isaiah 12, 2 is even better. Here's how it goes. Whenever I'm afraid, or no, I take that back. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. He is my song. And he has become my salvation. But did you catch the difference? Psalm 56, 3 said, Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust. Isaiah 12, 2 said, I will trust, therefore I will not be afraid. You see the difference. In other words, faith is not a medicine for fear. Faith is like a good inoculation, a good vaccine to keep fear from ever coming to begin with. I will trust, therefore I will not be afraid. I read with the early missionary, Jim Elliott, who came to North America to minister to the Native American Indian tribes, uh, once had this tribe to come and threaten his life. Quit it or we're going to kill you. And Jim Elliott said, I am doing the work of God. My God is with me in everything that I do. So I don't fear you or every tribe in this whole country, I'm going to go on with God's work and listen to what he said. Touch me if you dare. That's bold, amen? That's bold. I mean, if I'm an Indian tribe, I'm going after him right then and there. But do you know that Jim Elliott never got touched through his whole life of ministering to the Native American Indians in North America. Never once. Friends, I think that being constantly reminded that God loves us like he does, I believe it's like a shield of protection that keeps us from this fear of danger. But not only the fear of danger, not only the fear of discouragement, but God's love also protects us from the fear of death. If there's anything on this earth that should scare people, even Christians, it should be death, right? Well, listen to what Hebrews chapter 2 says in verse 14. That verse says that by his death, Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death, namely the devil, so that those who are in bondage to the fear of death would be set free. In other words, God is incredibly concerned with those who are in bondage to the fear of death. And you know them. You know some people are constantly preoccupied with dying. You know, many people, I believe, actually ultimately worry themselves to death. And... As awesome as Google is, Google has
has become the worrier's worst nightmare. Y'all know where I'm getting at, don't you? These people, they, they admit that they have a sniffle. And so they Google it. And they find that sniffles are associated with some terminal illness. And therefore they say, oh, I'm doomed now. <laughs> Hope I didn't step on any toes. Listen, y'all, I ain't in no hurry to die. I'm in no hurry to die. I intend to live the remainder of my life for God's glory as long as he thinks I can. But I ain't scared of death either. I know where my home is. And I know who my home is with. I'm not scared of death. I trust the promises of God. And I trust that I have been redeemed by a Savior who loves me to pieces. How about you? You see, back on April 17th, 1977, God showed me his love through Jesus. He showed me his love through Jesus. And, and any fear of death that I may have had before April 17th, it's gone. Because I know where I'm going and I know who I'm going to be with. Fear has been taken away. And I pray you can say that too. But it's not just about discouragement or danger or even death. God's love also protects us from the fear of damnation. The fear of damnation. The fear of being eternally lost. The fear of going to hell. Back in 1 John 4.17, we see yet another benefit of God's love. And John says it this way. He says, that we may have boldness. On the day of judgment. That means when you appear before God. You'll be able to be bold. Because you know who you belong to. Think about this. As sad as it sounds. God. God's love. Is responsible. For sending Jesus to the cross. All that you have read. About that Easter week. That Passion week. God's love was responsible for all that. God's love was responsible for Jesus being judged in our place. You see believers. They're not going to be judged for sin. They're not going to be judged for sin. Therefore there is no fear of damnation for them. But let us never forget that just because I'm saved from hell never gives me a license as a believer to sin. No, we're called to a very high and holy calling. Quite the contrary, although Jesus did pay the penalty for every sin I ever committed, the ones I committed this morning and the ones I will ever commit... I also know that I am still responsible to live a life well-pleasing to the Father. It's a high and holy calling of the believer. Now you may remember in our After This Life series last year, 
we learned that there is a judgment for Christians. There is a judgment for believers. It doesn't have anything to do with their salvation. It has everything to do with their rewards in heaven. True Christians, friend, are eternally secure in their heavenly home forever. But as believers, we will stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. We will stand there and we will find that God's love not only provided for us maturity in this life, it also protected us from the fear of damnation for eternal life. Friend, are you a person who lives confidently in the love of God? Are you secure in your understanding? Have you begun to grasp how deep God's love for you is? If you have, then you don't have anything to fear. But if you haven't, I want you to know this, it does not have to be that way. That today, if you will place your faith and your hope and your trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you can know that God's love, His miraculous, priceless, matchless, life-changing love has been placed upon you. And in God's love, friend, you will find assurance. In God's love, you will find security. In God's love, you will find strength against your fears. And you can know that you have it both now and for all eternity. You can have it today and for tomorrow. You can have it for here and for heaven. If you'll just place your faith in the Savior. And if you'll do that, you'll find that perfected love of God that gives you freedom from discouragement. It gives you freedom from fear of danger. It gives you free, freedom from the fear of death. It gives you freedom, more importantly, from the fear of damnation. I pray you know the love of God. He went to extreme, extreme steps to reveal that to you. If you don't know it today, don't leave here till you do. Let me pray for you. Father God, I praise you and I thank you for loving us so much that you would send the only begotten to die in our place, to pay the penalty for our sin and to show us how much you love us. Lord, we pray for every person in this building. Father, if they have not received the love of God through faith in Christ, Lord, let them do it today. Father, if they have received the love of Christ, Father, I pray that they're walking in the love of Christ. And they're walking with freedom from fear of all those things that we talked about this morning. Thank you for your word that reminds us that it is true. That it is so. And Father for any decision. That needs to be made today. Lord we pray. That Lord you would do a supernatural move of God. In the life of every individual here today. Help us to be receptive to what you want to say to us. 
And Lord, I pray that your perfect love would cast out any fear that we have in this life. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.